0: From Barry Levinson, the Academy Award-winning director of Rain Man... Ah! Ah! ...and Robin Williams, the star of Dead Poets Society... I'm in the mood for smoked chicken. How about you? ...comes the story of a man who makes jokes... I'm Leslie (laughs) Zebra. ...makes love. I like you. Well, I like you, too. (laughs) I think love is wonderful. And makes toys. Wow! How do you feel? Woozy. That's what we'll call the woozy helmet. This is a little uncomfortable, though.
1: Well, that's supposed to go in your ear. Oh. And a man who makes war.
0: Sit down, Leslie. I don't understand why Daddy let Uncle Leland take over Zeebo toys. i am moved in with the idea of putting in some war toys. You never made war toys at Zeebo. We're going to need that much more space. General! Now, only one man is courageous enough and
1: outrageous enough to find a way to fight back.
0: The future is anarchy. Let's wind up the troops.
1: A most unlikely hero in the most unlikely battle that ever saved the world. Hey, buddy. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today, we're kind of sticking to the holiday theme, or starting with the holiday theme for the next few weeks. Today, Ryan had Devin and I watch 1992's Toys by Barry Levinson. Ryan, tell us about the
2: movie. (laughs) Well, like you said, the movie came out in 1992. Uh, It stars Robin Williams. Uh... Oh, what's her name? Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack. There we go. I'm sorry. I had the window up and it it just disappeared on me. But anyway, uh, uh, Joan Cusack, Robin Williams, uh, LL Cool J is in this. Michael Gambon? Yeah. Gambon. I've seen him in other stuff, but I couldn't place it. Dumbledore. (laughs) That is Dumbledore. That's right. Dumbledore
1: (laughs) 2.0.
2: Yeah. This is Dumbledore right out of the Wizarding Military Academy.
1: <laughs> or as I like to call him, did you put your name in the Goblet Harry? Like, <laughs> that Dumbledore.
2: Yeah, um, so I saw... Uh, see, I, I originally saw this movie when I was a kid. I thought it was weird. It was Robin Williams, so I liked it, and I'd watch it, mainly for that. And then I'd probably watch this movie once every few years as I was growing up, and i just kind of pick up more of it, of, like, the surrealism and, like, the kookiness of it, and... Then eventually now to where I have some probably, I'm seeing messages I don't think are in this movie, but we'll get to that later. Um, This isn't like one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just fun and it's interesting and it's weird. And we wanted to do the holidays and this movie starts, I believe, on Christmas. I'm not entirely sure, but you're led to believe that in a way. And I just went with it, so... What were you, uh, have you guys seen this before? What did you think? Just a you know summary? I guess Devin
0: you, go, you, Devin, you go first. All right, so I've owned this movie forever. I had the VHS of it with Robin Williams with the hat and the little like like picture window that's in the middle of the hat. I have that. That is a very iconic like VHS from my childhood. I have never seen this freaking movie. I have never put the VHS in a VHS player. I've never watched even a second of this movie. I've just owned it forever and know the title screen. Um, this is my first time ever watching it. Holy crap! Um, this is this. I I have okay. I have never in my whole life seen such a creative movie be so uncreative, and I think that's my like my like definition. I love some parts of this movie and want to live in this world. I don't ever want to watch the plot again, but I want to watch (laughs) scenes from this movie, I think. And that's where I'm like, that's where I'm landing on right now.
1: Okay. Okay. So I'd seen bits and pieces of this movie before on like a Saturday afternoon on Fox 43. It was like the movie of the movie of the day. And I was like, Oh, Robin Williams movie. I haven't seen I'll give this a try. And I remember pre-Teen Allen being like, I don't know what this is, and I don't like this, so I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> Having watching it, watching it on TV with commercials edited for TV, it, it's a little bit different. I sat down to watch this last night, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. I don't know if I like this. I'm with Devin, I think. I enjoyed parts of this movie. <clears throat> Like, there's stuff I want to watch again, which we'll get into, but overall, I I got like a David Lynch vibe from this movie, but not like a creepy kind of David Lynch, just like a David Lynch on Hawaiian Punch. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
2: okay, okay. Um, so... I, I mean, this movie came out in 92 spoilers. Do we really want to give a warning on that or just want to go right into
1: it? I mean, is there really anything to spoil? I like, mean, there's
2: a, a there's a storyline. There's a plot. I mean, the movie's
1: 28 years old. If you care about spoilers, uh, sorry, <laughs> please watch this it. Isn't the sh- yeah. Yeah. Just go watch it. It's on, it's on HBO max. Yeah. Like everything. It will be next year. Oh, right. Uh, okay.
2: Okay. So, uh, let's see. Um, you, both of you said, like, you didn't really care for the plot. I mean, I'll fully admit, it's basic. Like, it's really nothing. Uh, the storyline itself in the plot is not as creative as the visual aspect of this movie. Um, and so, when it comes... Uh, so, knowing that and knowing how basic the storyline is my biggest issue with it is just how straightforward it is especially for being a two-hour movie like they did a two-hour movie with with a plot and a storyline that could have been done in an hour and 15 minutes
0: this is what it felt like to me it felt like someone went the sat down and went okay look We are going to have a plot where there's going to be this crazy toy company, right? And Robin Williams really should take over the toy company, but his military uncle is going to take it over. And again, there's going to be this big battle with Robin Williams and Robin Wright, and there's going to be toys fighting military toys. And, oh, it's going to be so cool. And someone goes, okay, but what's in the middle? And they go, (laughs) I don't know. We got Robin Williams. We'll figure it out. And they didn't figure it out.
1: Yeah. I think this movie this movie is all style and very little, there's very little meat to it besides the, the visuals of it.
0: The visuals are amazing though. Like some of them are so
1: cool. And I think one of the biggest flaws of it is it has Robin Williams, but it doesn't use him as well as it could have.
0: Well, there was a period in time in Robin Williams, like movies where like, they just didn't know how to use Robin Williams. Like, they didn't capture that kind of same like lightning in a bottle that a lot of his like really good movies did. They were like, okay, well he did, I don't know, patch Adams. And he was a little funny in there, but poignant and let's make him kind of hit that tone all the time. And so,
1: yeah. so, so I guess for you guys, what is peak Robin Williams to you?
2: I feel like his peak
1: went over the course of like 15 years. But when you think Robin Williams, like what what is your most I like, like what is your favorite uh, Robin Williams performance? Huh. I mean, that's
2: a I really s-
0: good question.
2: It is because like I like Mrs. Doubtfire, but I wouldn't say that's his like. I I like his performance in Patch Adams. Mrs. Doubtfire is funny. I like I like certain aspects of his character in Toys, but at the same time, like. I, I, don't, I like him and I like his acting style. And it's one of those things where I like when somebody says Robin Williams, I think Mrs. Doubtfire. But I'd rather watch five other Robin Williams movies before I watch Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: I think if somebody asked me the question, who is Robin Williams and why do people like him so much? I would point him either to um, Birdcage or Hook. I think those are the two movies I would go to.
1: I think Birdcage.
0: You think Birdcage?
2: I think
1: Birdcage. And Birdcage is even against type for him. I think for me, I would go Genie from Aladdin.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a good one too. Here's the thing with him though, is like for as much as I remember him as this hilarious comedic actor, he has so many roles that like have that very like, like a lot of his iconic roles have that very sentimental edge to it where he's not necessarily being like, oh, like Robin. He's being oh, exactly yeah. he's like Dead Poet Society. I exactly. love him in Dead Poet Society. To say that. Yeah. But he's not being Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. He's being a serious actor.
1: So there's Robin Williams, the actor, and then there's Robin Williams, the comedian. And I don't think the two of them really met that often on screen. I think a lot of what you see with Robin Williams that he's known for is his stand-up, is him at Comic Relief, is him performing at the Oscars. Like, it's a lot of him being himself. He's not being a character. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams went to Juilliard. He was roommates with Christopher Reeve. Like, he's a trained actor. So, I don't think the com- comedic side that everyone knows and loves was really shown as much in his films as people think it was. hmm like you do have the 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 exceptions of Mrs. Doubtfire and um, Juman or not even Jumanji, uh, Aladdin. Yeah, but then you have Goodwill Hunting or Bicentennial Man, Flubber. Flubber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and and
2: and see to me like that's like he's one of the very few people that I just as um see him the same way regardless of his role like that's Mm. one of those things where it's like you've got robin williams the comedian and robin williams the serious actor and to me it's like give me both like doesn't really matter to me because he's there and he can pull both of them off and he kind of did that a little bit in this movie i'm not sure if he leaned too far into it because it really wasn't needed but like when he was being a goofball with like the magnet Doubled egg with his uncle, like you know, making him chase the doubled egg around the the uh, the uh, the uh, tray, and then when mm-hmm. he you know was being more serious in his conversations about the business, like you can kind of see he can go back and forth, not to any serious degree in this film, but in other films it's more expanded. But you can see that in this one.
0: Um. But yeah, so, so, did any of his bits for you guys really work? I mean, we are three adult men. Like, is there one that we watched and we went, yes, that is very funny.
1: We're talking about from toys? From toys. The one that got me the most was the um, Michael Jackson impression that he does.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I, I enjoyed that scene because looking at it through 1992 eyes, it, it's a like, like seeing him do that impression, like talking about Michael Jackson before and after. Like for the time, it's like, damn, like, yeah, you know, I guess we're talking about that. <laughs> um. And the other the other joke that I liked from him was when he, the scene at the side of the road when he's talking to Robin Wright on her bike mm-hmm. and he's trying he's trying to get her to get in the car so he can give her a ride home. He's like, Come on, I want to get laid. Like yeah. just as a joke, like just a throwaway line, like just as a joke. Because you can tell he's kidding. But I just wasn't expecting that. And that that was the kind of humor that I wanted more of from this movie, like him being more Robin Williams and outlandish than what we got.
0: I like, yeah, I liked that one a lot. I liked the whole, um, well, oh, sorry, my dog was barking. Um, I got the, the one I liked was, uh, he was something like, uh, Ryan, why don't you say first?
2: Um, so I would say not really. The first one would be, a situation, not a line. And it's when they take his father's car to the funeral and it's a bumper car. And it's the whole, it's the, his, him, it's his body language when he hits the first limousine and then he gets slammed in the back by the other one and they just keep on moving. And he's playing it. Like he's just a normal drive in the countryside. Um, And then the second one has to, uh, has to be when um, he He's in line at the cafeteria. He makes a comment to Robin White about uh, the tuna being dolphin for, uh being dolphin free. And she does the dolphin noise and he looks at the chef and says, I wonder how long she's been out of the water. Like that line goes with the whole, you know, like him saying what he did to get her into the car. Like that's where like, I was like, okay, well, there's the adult humor for, you know, for Robin Williams.
0: I liked his at the very end or towards the end when he was doing the like pep talk to the toys and he like was quoting like fake Gandhi and like was like doing that. That felt like a Robin Williams bit to me. Like that felt like that was ripped almost straight from his standup. And I really liked that that bit.
2: Well, actually, that was ad libbed. Was it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, that's cool. Like that that felt like real Robin to me, like what I wanted.
2: Yeah. Well, see, the. thing is to me and the reason why like my biggest problem is just with the generic storyline of just Mm -hmm. the way things played out there's other aspects of this that i really like when it comes to the storyline and the plot but one of the reasons that like i don't really robin williams performance in this doesn't bother me at all simply because of how outlandish the visuals are if the visuals weren't so surreal And like the music of like, you know, all of the factory workers listening to that early 90s, like dance music about how they love their job and everything. One, it was creepy. Two, it was surreal. And three, I don't know if I could take that on top of Robin Williams making silly voices, walking, walking by all of those working stations with his smoke jacket.
0: I loved it. That I mean, was, it was great. Would, it
2: was a great scene, but I just don't think I could take him making the silly faces and voices like he did playing as if the, the deviled egg. It was almost like they wanted to keep everything as a whole contained to like one level of silliness at a time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I would watch that scene of the factory workers any day. That is a good song.
1: Oh, it is. It is. Um, Not yeah. the best song in the movie, though.
0: Definitely the best song in the movie for a lot of reasons.
1: (laughs) Oh, I completely disagree. (laughs) Uh, I love how
2: they use the same song, but like the feeling changed because the first time they did it, everybody's, you know, like there's no issues. Everybody's enjoying their work. And then when they do it again, it's after the uncle takes over and you've got like the militaristic like security guards walking around and they're Mm -hmm. and they're still playing the same song. But. It's changed. Like that song went from being like, Okay, this is a little weird, but hey, it's kinda cool. Like they actually do like their job. And then it went to like modern day
1: industrialism (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the drop of a hat. (laughs) So So I think Devin thought I was talking about a different song than I was. I'm Uh, not talking about your guy. Oh no, you're not. I'm talking about the mirror song.
0: Oh, okay. Then never mind, we're okay.
1: Yeah, I I still I had to explain why you hate Seal last night on a different podcast. Did you? And I couldn't come up with an answer. Yeah, you couldn't come up with an we answer.
0: Ba-
1: we did. We did Batman Forever last night. So well,
0: I'm going to answer your question right now. Kiss from a Rose is nothing. That song means nothing. He strung words together and sang it very soulfully. That song is '90s hot fucking garbage. Sorry for the swear word. That song <laughs> okay, so, is nothing.
2: Okay, there's going to be a huge conversation just because like. I'm not trying like I I don't want to I don't want ch- to change your mind. I don't really care that you don't like Seal. I'm just yeah. trying to figure out why the words and the phrases you just put into a sentence. I want to uh-huh. know why that came about.
0: Okay, That's so look, all. the lyrics to Kiss from a Rose if you write them down is not poetry. You can tell that he wants it to be poetry or whoever wrote Kiss from a Rose wants it to be poetry and wants it to be this beautiful visual metaphor. And it's so symbolic. It's nothing. If you listen and just read the words without any inflection, the words mean nothing. If I were to tell anybody, hey, Ryan, I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the grave. The more I get of you, the stranger I feel. That's not romantic. That's weird. That is a weird sentence. Said by a weird person. Now, if I put an R and B beat behind it, then it sounds, you know, so sexual and so. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So the gray. Th- this not is not a-
1: only that, not only that, you put visuals of Batman and Nicole Kidman <laughs> making out on a roof. Right.
0: Now, I could, if I were to do that with any string of words, like I'd be like, Ryan, you're the green to my lettuce, or like that's even that's even better than Kiss from a Rose. Sorry, uh, you were. You were the beige folder in a sea of filing cabinets that, you know, the more I find of them, the more I think I have a feeling like that's the same level of meaning as anything from Kiss from a Rose. It just is. And that's how that, and that man's whole career is, is. It's just these series of things that don't mean anything that like are just grasping at like significance <laughs> or relevance. But he puts an R&B behind it and it's great.
2: What road trip were you on where somebody only had Seal's collection of music for you to form this opinion of all of his music?
0: I don't, you know what? And and admittedly, I am not that familiar with all of his discography. I am familiar with a few of the songs. I've heard them. I go, okay, they're all doing the same thing for me. They all mean nothing, but they're all catchy and they all have a great R&B beat behind them. I've now formed my opinion. And if there is a, legitimately pointing at seal song that means something like maybe when Heidi Klum broke up with him, he wrote like the best breakup song ever. Someone point it my way and I will change my mind.
1: All this to say seal is featured on the toys soundtrack for no reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's the Christmas song, right? He he's the end credit song, which is, isn't the end credit song just like the Christmas song, but with him over top of it. Closing of the year, yeah. I liked the Christmas song. That's the thing that sucks. I I heard it in the beginning, and I went, that is a fun, like, late 80s, early 90s poppy Christmas song. That needs to get added to the list. And then, like, halfway through it at the end, you hear him
1: going,
0: and I'm like, all right, I hate it now. Got it. I have a lot of strong opinions on Seal. I know a lot of people don't. I do.
2: That's (gasps) fine. I just... Seal said last time the, you
1: seal said of last the time you sorry yeah. <laughs> last time you last time you went off on seal we lost the episode so here's hoping that doesn't happen
0: again. <laughs> i'm just not allowed to make fun of him Okay, so you're not making fun
1: of him, though. That's the thing. You're just you're giving your opinion on seal, which is fine.
2: (laughs) Seal said of the song, to be honest, it was never. uh, I was never really that proud of it, though. I like what Trevor did with the recording.
0: Of this one or Kiss from the Rose?
2: Of 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 Kiss from the Rose. He never he was never really proud of that song anyway.
0: Good, because it means nothing.
2: I've heard the gray before. I've heard people mention being on the gray before for something. So it is something.
0: I'll have to research because I've never heard of being on the gray.
2: Oh, well. But like anyway, an alien thing.
0: But anyway, but anyway, but Kiss is anyway, is in this and it's the yeah. worst part of it. Kiss. Seal seals in this. I, got I was going oh to say, God. for as much you
2: hate Seal, I hate the band Kiss, so I can go off too if you <laughs> want. But this isn't the podcast for that. No, so anyway, that's awesome,
0: though. um,
2: so and I hate baseball cards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's
2: fine. Um, they're good to pick your teeth with. Anyway, uh, so funny you said about the thing about them not really being able to like get the middle together, like of like, hey, mm-hmm. we've got this awesome beginning. We've got this awesome setup for a storyline. We've got this awesome ending. What the hell do we do in the middle? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: It took Barry 10 years to get this movie planned out. And then it took 10 months to film. Wow. I'm going to assume because of all the actors, it being the early nineties, this movie came out in 92. They were probably trying to get everybody's schedules to line up, to make, to, to actually make this thing. This was supposed to be this director's like debut movie, but Obviously that didn't happen. Um so uh which is funny because with with the issues that you guys both mentioned and my kind of issue with it as well, it's funny to know that this guy's it's the same guy that did Rain Man.
0: I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, he, he did Rain Man Good Morning Vietnam.
0: No.
1: Um The Natural so uh and then and then after toys he did Wag the Dog Bandits which is a film I want to make you guys watch at some point Man of the Year and a bunch he did the Joe Paterno movie that was on HBO a few years back oh, wow
2: <laughs> Yeah so it I, I just find it funny that you have all these great movies and then you have this one where it's the storyline can be kind of iffy but mm-hmm. um so both of you guys mentioned about this uh, about uh, about the visuals. Mm-hmm. What did you like? What did you? Was there anything you thought would, was too much, or something you didn't see enough of?
1: So I think for me, my main problem with this movie back when I tried watching this the first time is the style of the toys. Growing up, I hated those kind of toys, like the generic old fashioned toys like Jack in the box and just generic robot hated them. Like give me a Batmobile and some power Rangers and I'll be set, but give me just generic robot. No, not, not having it. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of that style, but it, I mean of, of toys, but I think there's such a, detail put into the designs of the toys and the sets in this one of my favorite parts of it is like when you first see their house Hmm. and how it unfolds like a dollhouse Mm -hmm. um which is bizarre and i enjoyed it but it was still weird to me i also like like I was also kind of expecting the Teletubbies to show up because there's so many <laughs> rolling hills of green grass. I was just waiting for a Tinky Winky to pop his head out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the stuff, that, a lot of the stuff that worked for Alan, like worked for me, like it was weird, but I like love that kind of stuff where like that elephant that was like spraying snow permanently onto the factory. I think that's so cool. Or like, like, there's the one toy at the end where it's like, it's basically the Copper Tone Kid, where it's like a dog biting a little girl's behind, but it's like a wind up toy and it's running away. Mm-hmm. I think that, that's hilarious. I love that. Or at the end, they showed like a, a, a toy that was like a hen that would lay eggs and the eggs would hatch and those would have little like robot chickens inside. And like, I thought that was really cool and loved the design of the toys and wanted like more of that. And like, I thought, you know, that was the kind, or like the barrel of laughs thing at the funeral. I thought really worked. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it was weird really there was a batters. face on it. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> I think it was weird it was a face, but I think I didn't. I didn't need the biggest toy of all. Uh, and I know that we're like walking into spoilers territories. I didn't need Joan Cusack to be a robot. I didn't need that. It would have been I would have been so fine if Joan Cusack was just weird um, and like got a little injured at the end, but not dead. And I think that would have been fine. I have so many questions now about how she picks doll clothes, what she was doing with like mayonnaise sandwiches. If she's just all robot in here, like now I need to know these things. Thank you. Movie
2: her vitamins, her vitamins
1: (laughs)
0: that robots don't need those vitamins. I mean, maybe maybe it's like how they get the
1: oil into her system, like into a jo- her joints.
0: You think mayonnaise is her lubrication, and that's how it all works. God, I
1: hate it. Uh, she would smell like eggs all the she, time. All, all the time. I didn't mind her being the robot. What bothered me the most about that reveal was after the fact when she's repaired and she's just kind of off. <laughs> and like, like it was, it was just weird. Like, what are you trying to do here? Like. <laughs> I don't think this is necessary, movie. Well,
2: to me, one of my favorite visual aspects of this is the room within a room, where you take a big room and then you make a smaller room that's like, you know, three. That's like three parts of a box, and then you build the room in there. They did that a few times, particularly with her. Like when she went to bed, she was in like the goose bed and the goose came down and it like honked. And that was like it telling Robin that she was going to bed, which I always laugh at every single time. And then when she's in her lab, when she's working on the doll's clothes and she's in like her dollhouse type thing. So I find it funny that they're always hinting at the fact that she's not real uh-huh. throughout the movie. Um and it, but it doesn't make any sense, you know. Really, it's like, okay, she's an oddball. She likes like doll houses. Oh, she's an actual doll. Okay, this makes total sense now. Got it. Um, one of the, one of hey, I'll be right back. Okay. okay. One of one of the things that I get a little tired of, though, uh-huh. is the whole green field thing, like the and, rolling hills. Yeah, I'm being half serious on this, and the reason why is that I cannot look at a. Windows generic background without thinking of this movie.
0: I mean, that's pretty cool, though. I like that. Like, the the standard, like, XP, Rolling Hills-like thing.
2: Yeah, Yeah, for for years, like... Like, I'd never say anything because this is, you know, kind of an obscure movie for a lot of people. And, you know, be like, oh, this looks like the Toys movie. And somebody's thinking, like, Toys, Toy Story? Like, when in Toy Story was there a, 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 you know, a a Rolling Hills window, Windows background?
0: Right. No, I mean, I think that, uh, I don't know, for some reason, that added to like the surreal part of it. Like, it almost felt like a weird, like, Pee Wee's Playhouse kind of thing where, like, this takes place in its own thing. Like, clearly the characters aren't that familiar with the hills or at least Joan Cusack wasn't cause she couldn't find the grave <laughs> yeah. after a, like the one time I was like, okay. I,
2: I always forget about the elephant. That's there. Oh blowing yeah? bubbles, And I constantly, for some reason have like a false memory of, <laughs> of her trying to find her dad's grave and hearing huh? and being drawn to it by the barrel of laughs.
0: Oh, got it. Like she's saying,
2: dad, dad, you know, where are you? And then she hears the laughter and she goes, oh, there you are. And she walks over to where the grave is. I, oh, I for some reason I have that image or scene in my head, but it doesn't exist.
0: So hold on. I need, I need something explained to me in the worst way. I need a couple of things in this movie and we'll wait for the other one. But the first one we talked about that, the elephant blowing bubbles. Yeah. What's with the end credits? Were they just like, it just flies away. To me, it
2: goes into the full nature of the movie.
0: Okay. Okay. Cause See, I mean, I, yeah. I didn't, I literally like, I was about to turn it off. I'm like, okay, I watched the movie and I had the remote in my hand and I was about to like press stop. And then the elephant lifts off the ground and I went, I have to watch what this is. I don't know what this is, but I need to watch all of it.
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll get Alan's view on that when he gets back along with the windows background thing because I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll he'll appreciate sure that he but w- w- but i mean when he gets back because i mean if that's all this movie was i'd be like oh what are you guys final thoughts or what did you think yeah. of hello cool jay or whatever like and this would be <laughs> like you know a 40 minute podcast but i want to yeah. get into either the message that is in this movie that was purposely put there but very subtle Mm -hmm. or if it's something that I'm just putting in because it makes sense to me and I want to bounce it off you guys
0: this definitely feels like the kind of movie that has a deeper message that you need to you need to accept it as a whole and stop watching it by going what is this what is that why is it doing that and like as soon as you can get yourself over that part of it I feel like this movie has something better or bigger at its core
2: so Alan Two things. Yes. One, uh, I mentioned about how the green rolling hills for the longest time when I was growing up, whenever I'd see the background to a Windows computer, this is the only movie I could think of because it was the same okay. terrain. And then second, Devin, if you want to go <laughs> about the... But the
0: the uh, ending elephant. with the elephant? Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did, did you watch the, the end credits, Alan? No.
1: My, okay. So my internet was acting up towards the end of this.
0: Yeah. So... I barely got
1: through the end of the movie without uh, I had to restart my router. Oh no. So,
0: so at the end of it, like, so I was done, like credits started rolling. I was like, okay, I watched the movie. Um, and then the elephant that is the dad's grave just lifts up and flies away. And like, it's very, (laughs) Oh, I did see that. It's very clear that there's like a helicopter doing it. And like, I don't know how much you were trying to hide the string or the, the helicopter (laughs) blowback. But like, I was like, why is this happening? Yeah, I did see that,
1: but this movie just didn't like it. Didn't surprise me at all. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, didn't phase me. <laughs> nope, it
0: all it. That's the thing about this movie. It all phased me. Like there was never a point where I was like, oh yeah, I was like, smoking jacket. She's a robot now. Like every <laughs> single or like like the disturbing like toy that popped out of the balloon that or the the ball, and then it was like a blue toy inside of it, and a gun came out of its mouth, and like. Bleh like way i i don't know why i was so shook by this movie
2: yeah well um so i wanted to uh what i told devin earlier was that it typically if all this movie was was just a weird surreal movie with robin williams like i'd be like okay so let's go over favorite actors and then it would be over in like 10 minutes but there's something i want to bring uh, there's something that i want to bring up and it's something that i think that i may have put a message in this movie that doesn't really exist that i get out of it or it's per, or it's 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 purposely it. there and i caught as i got older yeah, i i feel that this is it's a mixture of things it's a warning about military technology it's a um it's a morality story about uh, about uh, ego and how those can dangerously intermix um specifically about the whole like 4 years after this movie came out is when the first predator drone became uh went into active service f- for the military
1: Yeah. So when it got into the drone stuff, all I could think to myself was, in the tune of Hamilton, welcome, folks, to the Obama administration. (laughs) (laughs) So it was – yeah. Yeah. Devin, go ahead. No,
0: I mean I can see that, and I can – I think that it was a weird and interesting reversal of what I just assume happens, where I assume that basically the military comes up with a technology – It's big and bad and scary. And then someone goes, "Ah, but there's civilian uses for this. And then they pare it down and then, you know, adults have a fun thing. And then they pare it down later and then kids have a fun toy. And it like is kind of that dissemination of like military, like, you know, turning itself eventually into a child's toy. I feel like this movie was a reversal of that, where they started with the child's toy and they went, okay now let's militarize it. And I thought that was an interesting play on it. But I think that's as far as I got with the military aspect, I think.
2: Okay. So there's a lot in there. Um, Uh Just to talk about the surface of it. So Mm -hmm. the character, the general, is... Mm -hmm. Every stereotype that I've ever seen of a military industrialist down to they were almost making fun of other famous military like historical figures based off the movies that have been made on them, like Patton, (laughs) the movie that was made back in like the 70s or late 60s. Um, There's a scene where Patton supposedly stopped a Jeep, walked out and said, I was here in another life. I was a Roman general and we clashed on this battlefield like a thousand years ago. And they had the general in this movie do that, He where he had his son stop the Lamborghini that they were driving and step out and be like, hey, this is, you know, I was I was here in a different life. And his son was like, Dad, shut up. He didn't really say that. but That's basically <laughs> what he did. Um, but when like when the general goes on his rants, he's talking about, you know, future wars aren't going to be like the Cold War or Vietnam. It's going to be citizen versus citizen. that's kind of scary right now. Um, and they go over about how, you know, he's like, no, look, we've got to go back to Washington. We've got to, you know, talk about this. And then he freaks out and that's when he makes the whole like, uh, civilian versus civilian statement. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot in there about him talking about how, like, you know, there's no place for me in the world right now. Um, you know, like those days are over. And, That's where the ego part comes in, to where it's like, yeah, he comes in. He was supposed to like make Robin uh, Leslie, Robin's character, grow up. But at the same time, like they, like they threw in every like every conspiracy theory that's been around for the past forty years is also in this movie. Like him blowing up the UN trucks.
0: Oh yeah. Playing that
2: like super battle tank game, which or tank gunner, which. The opening of that video game that he plays is actually from a real video game that came uh-huh. out before this movie. It was called Super Battle Tank. I had it, so I always thought <laughs> it was funny that I knew something about the making of the movie that just yeah from my own experience when I was a kid. Um, a lot of people in the U.S., especially when it comes to the military, well, not really especially when it comes to the military, but a certain small amount, really don't like the United Nations and feel like they ruined every American war before the start of vietnam like they feel like like the un is to blame to what happened in vietnam the un is to blame to what happened in a lot of other countries to make their jobs more difficult than it had to be um and then the whole thing about how his mom died you know sending his mom as a what's what's her name uh lookalike into uh hanoi jane fonda jane fonda i'm
1: glad you brought that up I've got a question about that. Yeah. <laughs> so if his mom looks like Jane Fine. Oh, right. And Dumbledore 2.0 is his dad. And LL Cool J is get, the son. How do you get L yeah, how do you get LL Cool J out of that?
0: Adoption? Because I don't know much about I don't know much about genetics. <laughs> <laughs> we've all But I know enough. We've all done Punnett Squares in college, Alan.
2: <laughs>
0: I didn't. Oh no. I had to watch Hitchcock films. <laughs>
2: one hitchcock
1: film (laughs) one hitchcock film
2: um multiple times yeah the the whole like uh hanoi jane i'm guessing
1: adoption yeah yeah yeah.
2: the whole uh hanoi jane jane thing like with my work i do service work Mm. on stuff and Mm. when i go to the places that i go to that has the stuff that i work on i occasionally go into private clubs Legions, Eagles, Moose's, whatever. If it's a bar and you have to, you know, pay a fee to go in that bar and eat, regardless of what the theme is, I've been there in my area, and I've also used the restroom at these locations, and particularly a certain at a certain sect of these private clubs have Hanoi Jane target stickers in the urinals. Wow. So when they made that comment in the movie, I knew exactly what they were referencing and I knew exactly what kind of person or of like archetype that that, you know, guy was supposed to be. Now, I have my own feelings about that whole situation. She shouldn't have been where she was for the photo op to begin with that got her that nickname. Do you guys know what happened with that? No. Okay. Okay. Vietnam, war is going oh. on. The USO oh. is sending out celebrities to go talk to the troops. Jane Fonda yep. goes to the other side and does a photo op with the Vietnamese resistance army. Or I forget what they call themselves at this very moment. So that's when we we'll uh-huh. call them right now. She got a picture of herself sitting on a piece of artillery. Oh, surrounded by Vietnamese soldiers. Two hours or four hours or within twenty-four hours after the, those pictures were taken,
0: mm-hmm.
2: that exact artillery unit that she was with fired on and, uh fired on an American base. Oh man. That's how she got I the I didn't nickname. know that. Yeah. So that's that makes sense. It, it, there's a whole thing there, but still, like there's little aspects of this movie about how like the uh, military technology about how it can kind of get out of hand. It, 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 it was just very funny and very interesting how th- from the military aspect to the corporate aspect of how like they lock down the factory, um, scanning people in and out, you know, name tags with faces for badges, um, access to certain locations, other places you can't. I don't know what it was like to work for Walmart in 92. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what it was like to work in a factory in 1992, but I definitely know what it's like to work in those locations in 2020 for, you know, it, it, now. And I just find it funny that a movie in 1992 almost made a sarcastic, almost made a cynical view of what work and military li- uh, are like work and military now.
1: I will say from what I heard from people who worked at a certain retailer back in the early 90s, Mm. it was a lot better than when we were there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Up until uh, the the founder passed away, things things were pretty decent. And then his kids took over.
0: And they were all in the army and they were applying the only thing they know.
1: Yeah. And then uh, they took over Hogwarts. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right yeah so it was uh,
1: this
2: this the storyline of this movie that i like i kind of like the the, the, i kind of like the whole love interest thing because i felt that the chemistry between robin williams and robin white right 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 was good (laughs) you know i thought that was good see what we did (laughs) I, i see what you did i thought that was good um I didn't really care that much about the whole, you know, who owned the company. That part of it kind of fell through. But I, I, I like the concept of what they did with the general taking over the factory, especially with him calling his dad "daddy" and, you know, him feeling like his dad was going to make fun of him for not being a four star general. He's only what, like a, a one or a two or something. And I think he was a three star. A three star. That was right. And then by the end of the movie, he's wearing like a red and black military outfit with four like elephant badges mm-hmm. to make him a four star general. I thought that was funny too.
1: So I think my my favorite line in this movie is when they attack their their factory to go behind the scenes of the se- the secret stuff. Mm-hmm. Joan Cusack's character says. Red either means caution or beef. It's a, if it's a boy, on cue. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she has, I a, was like, I want to put that on a motivational poster. She has a
2: <laughs> lot of one-liners on this. Like I, I, I forget. Exa- oh, um, Robin Williams says a really weird sentence and it was right before it, it was either right when they were in the factory or not. Um, mm-hmm. but she says off camera, well, that's a complete answer to something that makes no sense to what Robin Williams said.
0: I remember that.
2: Yeah. Um, I really wish I had that quote in front of me, but I don't. But it's okay. It's whatever. Um, but yeah, so the whole the whole drone stuff and like the military aspect of it uh, is, is what kind of grips me now as an adult. Like That's what I look forward to when I watch this movie is mm-hmm. just like the possible critique on American culprit and military culture that's in this movie. Um, And that's that message that I don't really know if it was purposely put in here, like as a show or if they used it just to kind of like push the storyline along. I do have to say one thing, though, those security guard uniforms. I want them as a skin in the video game that I'm playing (laughs) right now. I want my character to have that outfit, that red and black with the black beret. Like, I
1: want that. So can we talk about the the mirror song a little bit? Okay. Cause I think that's my favorite sequence of this whole
0: movie. The mirror song.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cause I totally got, I totally got, um, Oh, talking head. I got talking head vibes from mm-hmm. it a lot. Like, I just found that so enjoyable. What did you guys think of that sequence? Yeah, I, mean, I, thought it was,
0: I thought it was yeah. really cool. I mean, that's, I mean, this is we're talking about the same one, right, where they they push like the thing down the hallway and the person puts a sticker on the console that says MTV. And Mm -hmm. it's like enough to trick the security guards that work there to be like, oh, it must be MTV. Now the sticker says it. And look, they're playing music like I I thought that was awesome.
1: That's a joke that you could not get away with nowadays, because if you did that today, you would have to like recreate Jersey Shore and get like all horrible fake and- <laughs> Right.
2: Jersey accents, and even then we're dating ourselves. What's
1: on MTV? Yeah. Right? No, it's it's they're back. They filmed during quarantine <laughs> because, cause, yeah. yeah, they filmed during quarantine because no one wants to be around them on a on a good year. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: yeah, so my feeling when I was a teenager, I felt like they made the reason why this movie was so surreal was because they needed to make that scene look believable in the world that they made. So, so they made the world that the movie takes place in as ridiculous as the music video they made for it. When i when I was like early high school, that's that was that was like my working theory for why this movie looks so different than all the other movies I've ever watched. It was because they were trying to get the feel of those weird, you know, alternative rock TV, like yeah. music videos yeah. in like the movie. So, but yeah, I, I mean, like
0: the idea no, I, can, st- I can see that I like the idea they started with the music video. That's all they filmed. And then for ten years they're like, "What do we do with this?" (laughs) And then he like cracked the script nine years later.
2: Yeah. Um, Oh, I've got to do. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, but Ryan, back to your point about the military thing. I think that's an interesting aspect of it. I didn't think too much about was the aspect of like the the general like not knowing what to do with himself post military career. Yeah. Like he is now technically a civilian. He's out of the military. He's made it clear that he's done Vietnam, he's done Korea. All he knows is is war and military, and now he has to function in society, and it clearly doesn't work. Where, yeah. like, as soon as somebody was like, oh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of corporate sabotage, or like, you know, espionage, like someone just steals toy designs, he's like, that's a word I know. I'm hopping on that. <laughs> and, like, I thought that was a cool little part of it. Like, I yeah. did enjoy that.
2: I mean, I – I really feel that the one character in this movie that is the most rounded out is him. Because to be honest, if his character was only as rounded out as let's say Robin Williams' character or mm-hmm. LJ or or you know Cool Jay's character, this movie wouldn't be anything.
0: I can see that. Here's a
1: hot take. Is he the protagonist of the movie? Like is he the main character, the general? He probably I, you is. You know
0: what? I would say that. I think so.
1: Cuz he he has more of a story arc than Robin Williams does. Like cuz Robin Williams for the most part is just kind of there like yeah, he falls for the girl, but he doesn't really do much to progress the story along. No. It's all the general that does.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea a lot. And that makes the movie a little bit more interesting, I think.
2: And it turns and it turns the storyline and into a week like well it's just robin williams falling in love and then he has to fight his evil uncle to get back the factory it turns the storyline from that into this guy was in the military his whole life now he's lost he doesn't know what to do he gets control of a toy factory and he completely
0: screws off he's trying his best
2: and he's trying his best
0: because i do field research he's doing market research to see what everyone else is doing
2: He's yeah, taking with, what
0: he knows and he's applying it. Which, like,
2: watching, watching this movie now as an adult gamer, as all three of us are to a certain <laughs> extent, um, it really bothers me now that I watch a lot of these movies from like the 90s and 80s and they show people playing video games and all they're doing is just knock, 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 knock on the <laughs> joystick. Like, all the kids are doing are going back and forth with it, not doing anything. Like, it really bothers me when I can tell that they're just mashing buttons.
1: Wait, that's not how you're supposed to play video games? Hold on,
2: if you're playing Street Fighter <laughs> or Mortal Kombat at an arcade and you don't know what you're doing, button mashing makes sense. But when, but Alan, when you're playing Fortnite, I guarantee you that if somebody spent a minute watching you control your character playing Fortnite and watching me play my character in The Division... They will see clearly that there is a certain rhythm, and there is a certain like you know motion to using those controllers, and and it's not just clickety clack, clickety clack. It would be like if in the fifties they were to make a movie. Oh, they they did make movies in the fifties. It would be it would be like if somebody was in a a movie in the fifties using a typewriter and they were just blindly smashing the buttons down. It it would look bad, yeah. so so I mean so so I mean those actors were probably typing out the same sentence over and over and over again, but they were typing actual words to make it look like there was a true rhythm to it. It's the same thing with gaming, and I hate it when they have characters just button mash stuff. It looks bad.
1: Uh, I'll I'll say this: I think you're overestimating my skills in Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: no, but I mean, I'm serious though. It would I know. I know. Yeah, I mean, it'd be like, let's say, like uh, there
1: was a movie that like if, if somebody was playing piano and they just started hitting keys, exactly, it would, yeah. it would no, look get, bad. Yeah.
2: No. That's why they don't show actors I... actually play the piano when they show them playing the piano.
1: I completely agree with the whole if it's a fighting game that you just button mash because that's how I play Smash Brothers and that's why I suck at Smash <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> I don't play fighting games for the fighting. I play them for the storyline, like Injustice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Well, it's like it's like in movies whenever you see them like, okay, guys, I just need a second to hack into the mainframe here. And you just see them like frantically pressing buttons. And then like this lies lines of code are popping up. It's that. uh, And I've caught them doing this. They they go to um, (laughs) hackertyper.net, which is like the best website. (laughs) <laughs> and they just like type stuff and i've actually seen like the hacker typer logo it's the same stuff where you just they just type whatever and like okay guys just a second oh, oh my gosh their firewall's extra tough and then like it's like stop it you're not pressing anything
1: <laughs> i mean so wait how does this ha- how does this hacker typer work because i just
0: type anything just type any button oh my god is it amazing yeah hacker typer is for anybody listening try out hacker typer it's fun as hell <laughs>
1: yeah so i so so i don't know what i did but i just got the settings to pop up (laughs) and i don't know how you hacked hacker typer you did it i i guess yeah i can change the color
0: (laughs) Uh, but it's the same thing oh my god i
1: I can make it blue it takes me back to the days when we worked retail right yeah
0: there we go but it's like it's just it's those movie shortcuts that are like a little bit lazy yeah like that like I mean like nobody in the world like I understand that it's this is a, like throwing your hands back and forth is a weird facsimile in the same way that like whenever somebody's driving you see them like take these huge swings with the wheel but like oh they're oh, they're driving, um it, it's one of those like lazy things in movies where you're like I get what they're doing I'm not gonna say he's not doing it but I know they're not doing it well
2: yeah and and like it, it so like. Th- to be perfectly honest that's probably to be honest that's probably my biggest gripe about this movie because i like I just take this movie as is like it's a weird you know it's a weird movie that was made in the early nineties it's got Robin Williams in it um it's set in a surreal world there's a toy factory, a retired general takes over and tries to right. make kids who play video games turn into drone pilots i mean. It's not even probably in my top 50 of favorite movies, but it's definitely a movie that maybe once every few years, I'll definitely like, I'm going to watch toys because I enjoy this. So, I mean, that's like, that's the kind of movie this is for me. And the whole video game thing is my only biggest gripe because it's the only thing that's glaring. And it's because of the noises the kids are like, the kids are starting at the screen. Perfect, because they're going to. It's all the clickety clacky of all the buttons and the joysticks yeah, slamming dumb. into the like sides. Like that's not the way you play.
0: Anyway, so that's my biggest Okay crack.
1: guys, I cracked the mainframe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a serious question because I've been thinking about this. Of these two, which one had the better movie entrance? LL Cool J from this movie in his movie entrance where he pops out of the couch or Darth (laughs) Vader in star Wars.
2: I have a third answer.
0: My money's on LL Cool J all day. This was the best. I loved him just popping up out of the couch,
1: which entrance for Darth Vader. Oh
0: man. I'm episode four when he's walking down the Tontov. It's a tough
1: choice. I mean, a lot less, Bothans died for LL Cool J's <laughs> opening. You don't know that. That That is true. He was in the military. Ooh. Right? I think LL Cool J's is more comedic. All right. All right.
2: I like LL Cool J's entrance out of the two that you mentioned, okay. but I have one entrance that is better than both of those. Okay. Danny DeVito pulling himself out of a fold away couch in it's always sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) Yeah. In the middle of a party while being only in his underwear.
0: (laughs) Yep. No, I completely agree. I mean, Danny DeVito in most things that he does is fantastic. Yeah. But
2: I mean that like, I love the couch thing because it's like, how did he find a complete military outfit plus hoodie that matched the pattern of that couch on top of the fact, like his beret, I want that beret. I I don't yeah. care because it's got like the leather brown folded like seam on the bottom and he's got his rank on it. And then he's wearing the red when they're talking <laughs> around the table. He's wearing the red suit. And, and the sister's like, that's a very hard red to match. It's really impressive. <laughs>
0: he's done his research, clearly.
2: Yeah. Um, I know I've seen that nurse before, but I can't place her.
0: Well,
2: I don't know. She's one of those actresses that was popular in like the nineties and that's like it. But I can't
1: She was in Empire Records Beethoven, Beethoven 2 Um Yeah, I I'm not recognizing her from recognizing her from anything in particular.
2: It probably Beethoven Home Alone four probably beethoven too is probably what i'm thinking of
0: that makes sense
1: probably yeah or
0: empire all right Mm -hmm.
1: all right anything else on toys before we wrap this
0: thing up no it was fun i mean it was a fun movie
1: yeah
2: and it just my thing is like i don't really consider i only picked this one because i really couldn't think of an actual christmas movie to have you guys watch that like i have and it's easy to get to that like is like oh a shocker we haven't you know you haven't seen this I can't think of one right now I've already wasted all of mine over the past couple of years
1: and this <laughs> opens
2: on Christmas that's what happens
1: so <laughs> yeah that's what happens when we you do a podcast for four years you, you start running out of types of movies yeah. But I think I think the thing for this year's Christmas season is vaguely Christmas movies. So, yeah. Devin, what's your pick for next week? This
0: really great Christmas movie that's definitely not vaguely a Christmas movie called Once Upon a Deadpool.
1: Ooh! I no, am I've,
0: so excited about this.
2: I have a question because yes. I've owned the PG version like on Blu-ray for like 18 months now or uh-huh. a year. I haven't even watched it yet. So Uh-oh. are we doing the R, like, oh, wait, Once Upon a Christmas, that's the, no, hang on a second, Once Upon a Christmas? Once Upon a Deadpool. Once Upon a, dead. Once upon a Deadpool. That's yeah. not a Deadpool 2. The one,
0: th- it is a PG-13 retelling of Deadpool 2 that's what I with have. new clips of Fred Savage. Yeah.
2: Okay, yes. good. That's what I have, yeah. then good. <laughs> okay, <So>. perfect. <laughs> I
1: was going to say, I know you have it because I have the digital copy that you got. <laughs> Okay, good. So
2: I just wanted to make so, sure that I had Devin, the right one.
1: Devin, you've seen that, right?
0: Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So good. that's kinda of why I threw it your way. Oh yeah. And then I'm still working on mine, so we'll, we'll I, luckily I have a week. Okay, good. So all right. Well I think that does it for this week's episode. Um make sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at you have to watch this podcast. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Radio, Amazon Music, TuneIn, and Alexa. And until next time, for You Have to Watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week.
0: We're